Coast to throws it down. Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up three pointer. Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! Welcome to the NBA! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody's having a great week. Thanks for joining us here again on Coast to Coast. As always, Ronan, my man, what's going on across the pond? Man, not much. It's uh, it's getting uh, getting to a big a big uh, a big point in the NBA season. It's it's coming up to All Star Week. The break is upon us, and we are almost at the end of fan voting. And I think it's time for us to make our selections for the 2022 All Star Game. Yeah, and I've I've mostly avoided those to be honest. This episode is going to be truly coast to coast. These two part episode here, we're going to talk East Coast, we're going to talk West Coast, and I will give a disclaimer: I do not pay attention to fan voting whatsoever. I do not care how many people voted for Clay Thompson. I do not care how many people voted for Derrick Rose. I do not care about those things. We're going to really get into the granular details of player comparisons. This is what makes NBA fun. I'm excited for this. We get to really talk about the landscape, the league, who's really leading these teams, what teams are important, what players are important to those teams' success. And it's going to get messy. It'll it'll have its highs and lows, but we'll get through it together. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. All right, we're going to start east going west here. And we're going to start with the guards. And we're going to start with the easiest selection of all time. For some reason this year, DeMar DeRozan is a guard, even though he's largely been playing the three and the four. But, you know, that's where they put him. That's what he's selected as. And this year, he's a legitimate MVP candidate. He's a hands-down, all-hands-down starter. Backcourt, frontcourt, wing, big guard, whatever. I mean, he's giving us a Kobe Bryant season. And I don't think you're going to argue with me here because this is just a – the easiest pick I think I had for just about anybody on any part of this all-star voting series. Yeah, I don't think anyone, anyone who's disagreeing with DeMar DeRozan being the first selection for all-star guard in the Eastern Conference is either a moron or they're just uh, they're just a DeMar hater. I think this guy, he's been outrageous in in a normal season, he'd probably already be the shoe-in for MVP. Just the fact that guys like Durant and Giannis and Jokic are just putting up such outrageous numbers. He's almost an afterthought when it comes to the MVP, but he has been an absolute monster for the Bulls. He's led them to the top of the Eastern Conference, and he has been the best guard in the Eastern Conference. Simple as that. Easy enough. And I'll let you 
state your second starter for the East? Because I will say this was, even for me, a little bit difficult to parse out. Well, I went for a guy that you're I went for a pick that you're really gonna like. I I went with Zach Levine as All right. as, as the second star. All right. I really like I really like what I've seen from Levine so far this year. I mean, it's been a shake up to the Bulls team. They they've become a, a much better team. Levine is no longer the kind of sole man trying to do everything for this team they've got other players in they've become a contender in the eastern conference and that hasn't deterred him at all he's putting up similar sort of numbers he's remained consistent and he's adapted and grown his game in a way that people have often said that he's not going to be able to do and he is he has proved them all wrong and he's uh, also not that far off having a 50, 40, 90 uh, season at the moment while averaging 25, 5, and 4. This guy has been legit, and I think it'd be it'll be right that uh, the Bulls get a duo uh, starting in the All-Star game with the, with the bounce-back year they've had this year. Absolutely. I mean, those are all, all spot on. And I think the disclaimer we got to give here is that this is not an easy decision. This isn't just a homer take of Zach Levine, like this is my guy, even though he is my guy, you know, this is our decision. You got guys like Trey Young, who's having an awesome year, Holiday. Um, hell, I mean, you could even throw throw in Garland or Van Vliet in there. They're having awesome years. Um, and we'll talk about them in a second. But the dilemma I really had is comparing him to Harden. And that sounds crazy. It does. Cause I think Harden has gotten so much bad press this year. He really had a tough start to the season and the consistency was not there. But when you look at overall impact, I mean, Harden's having a 23 point per game season, 10 assists, eight rebounds, and his numbers efficiency is definitely down. But I mean, overall, his overall impact, he's actually has a better player efficiency rating than Levine. I think, due to his assist ratio being one of the highest in the league at 29 and a half. Um, You really have to think hard about their impacts. And when I think about Harden, I think about the fact that this is a Brooklyn Nets. This is still a bona fide contender right up there with the best of them, if not the best when Kyrie's going to be there. And he's leading that team as a primary facilitator with not a lot of guys. We we talked about how good he makes Dayron Sharps look out there. But I think when it comes down to me is is just how good Zach Levine has been offensively this year and how consistent he's been. And I want to put it in this perspective. Let's remember 2018, 2019, all-star Clay Thompson for reference. On pull-up threes, 41% three-point shooter. Levine's 36. Not as close behind. But then when we talk about pull-up twos, 45% for Thompson, 43% for Levine. We talk about catch and shoot threes. Levine is shooting 48.5% on catch and shoot threes. And Thompson shooting 40.5 that year. And when you talk about them as being the best under pressure shooters in the league, Levine is shooting 53.2, 53.6, I'm sorry, percent on two point shots, heavily contested 37.5% from three both better marks than Thompson did that year. So as a tough shot maker, and also let's talk about bailout shot score, like in the last seconds of any shot clock, 
Levine is shooting better than Durant. I'll just put it that way. I won't even talk about the numbers. Levine is shooting better than Durant as an end of clock score. So he is a go-to score. He is an under pressure score and he's doing it at unbelievable efficiency. And he's done it all year long. Like it's, it's pretty undeniable at this point that, you know, I mean, 61.3 true shooting. That's, that's unreal for a guy who takes a ton of shots for his role. You know, you can really compare both of them. I, I won't deny that some people who will vote for Harden have a point, especially with how he does it across the board as a rebounder too. But from the Pierce perspective, as a guard, Levine is just having a lights out year. Yeah, well, we we both. I think we can both we can both agree on that. I, I Harden, that guy. I don't know. Something about him just rolls me the wrong way when it comes to Harden. I know he's doing, you know, he's doing great things still, but the drop off, whether it's him transitioning his game towards being more the facilitator. On, on one hand, you can kind of appreciate that, and he's, he's doing a damn good job of doing that. But at the same time, the way his efficiency has gone down, well, the amount of shots that he's taking and the need for him to still be a scorer in this team is still really hot and really needed. And he's not, and he's failing to step up. That That's what's rubbing me the wrong way with, yeah. with Harden so far this year. Yeah, and I, and I think it, that's, that's true. And that was perspective I went going into it. And it felt pretty obvious to me. Oh, like, this is just going to be such an easy pick for Levine. But when you really look at his numbers, I mean, from a defensive impact, from the eye, I would say that Levine is a better defender. But in terms of, like, defensive win shares, in terms of all impact metrics, I mean, he's not – he's a okay defender. Like, both of them are okay defenders. And what he does across the board as a rebounder, as a facilitator, I mean, he's right there with Chris Paul as a facilitator in this league. So – He's fallen definitely a lot from the ISO score he once was, but we gotta we gotta give respect to the Brooklyn Nets and James Harden that while he may not be that Houston Rocket MVP guy, when you whittle it down to what he is now, he's still a damn good, he's still a all-star starter caliber player. And you know, it was it was a tight matchup. So when we talk about backcourt uh backups, I mean he's easily just the first person I'm I'm slotting in there. Um, but now I'm curious, you're, you're a little lower than I thought you'd be on Harden. He doesn't sound like he's your first uh, first guy up when it comes to uh, the bench for guards. No, uh, I, was, I, I, was, I was dying to, to, to stick uh, Garland in as my first choice, but that would be a bit, wow, okay. a bit too much heart in that. So he, he, okay. he, is, he, is, he is my second choice, but I think I, I had to go with, with – uh, with Trey, he's just, he's having an, a ridiculous year, and if the team wasn't struggling so much uh, and having such a big drop off from last season, I think he'd most definitely be a starter because he's, he's oh, yeah. averaging twenty eight points, nine and a half assists, and he's shooting career highs in three pointers, field goals, free throws. But then mm. you look at the defensive side of it and the the way that these performances aren't really translating to team success. And it's that that's what, that's what drops Trey out of the starters and into the reserves for me. I mean, you look at some of the huge games that he's had this year, like that recently, the, I think the Timberwolves, that 37, 14 assist game uh, against Portland, 56 and 14 against Houston, 41 and nine. He has a 41 and nine game against Houston. And that still wasn't enough for them yep. to win. Like stuff like that, it, it's just 
it, it's crazy. But I think that the season that he's having, I think he's definitely got to be uh, got to be the first notch when it comes to uh, comes to backups. Yeah, that that this is the tough part about these All Star selections because you really want to you want to give credit where it's due and you don't want to take away too much because guys' roles are so specific and Trey Young never came into this league with anyone expecting him to be good on defense. So do we just forever hold that against him for being a bad defender? Or maybe do we just blame the Hawks for not being as good defensively? Go blame Clint Capella for not being a, a top top three uh, defender this year like he's been for, um, for quite a bit. Um, and yeah, man, like I, I just got to resound everything you said that Trey's been unbelievable. And I totally understand why people will definitely vote him as a starter. But I think the, the metric for success here in terms of all-stars, it's got to be, it's got to be team success. I mean, that has to be a major thing that we consider because why wasn't Levine uh, in the all-star game a couple of years ago? And why wasn't he a starter last year? There's reasons for these things. And um yeah, things would be a lot different. We'll, we'll see if things change. We'll, we'll see if they're making more changes as things go on. Collins being in the trade rumors, maybe next year he'll have a, a different squad around him. But I really, I, he, he was my second guy. Um, the, then my next guy up uh, was Trey after Harden. But I have a few other guys here I want to talk about. And tell, tell me if they're on your list too. Holiday. Lamelo Garland, there he's on your list, and Van Vliet. Um, I want to talk about, but Brown and Beal, I specifically want to exclude. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you that's all right. That that's that's your exclusion too. They they were my first two guys out, and for Brown, it's just the efficiency dipping across the board, and just the questions about the team and their future is not helping his case. And I think yeah, he'll be an All Star again, which is not this year. And Beal, I mean, shooting 30% from three, career high in turnovers, lowest points per game in four seasons. And I'll give him credit for being more involved passing. Um, he's having a career high in assists, actually, at 6.4. But he's really fallen off in terms of efficiency. And it's a shame. I mean, the Wizards could be a lot better this year if, if Beal is just producing like he was um, for the past three seasons, really. But those two guys are not there. And I will admit, in terms of choosing reserves, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go here. This is the holiday, Lamelo, Garland, Van Vliet. Sell me. I mean, I went uh, Jalen Brown and Bradley Beal. I have them both uh, on my out list, and I also have Drew Holiday on my out list. Really? Okay. Tell me yeah. why. Uh, holiday, I liked what I've seen from him. Uh, he's showing a, a, a good scoring clip that we don't usually see. He's still the same tenacious mm-hmm. defender that he that he's always been, and and doesn't get really appreciated for. Shooting a solid 38% from threes, averaging the 18 yep. points while still providing assists. But I think it was just how much he's played. And, and the time that he has played is when the Bucks were really looking like a, a kind of a sloppy team and they weren't really the same side that that won the championship last year. And and he hasn't really been a part of the kind of resurgence the Bucks have kind of had uh, over the probably the last couple of weeks they've since that yeah. Brooklyn game really they've kind of stepped on again and and started to look like that that team that won the championship and Holiday hasn't been a part of that while he has shown good things I just don't think he's been you don't just don't think he's played enough and contributed enough to to success for him to be an all-star this year yeah I think evaluating these and it's a very similar case with Chris Middleton when slash if we discuss him but 
it's it's tough to evaluate these all around guys because I mean that's really what it is. If this is a test of all around play, I mean Holiday's in there immediately. Um, I mean he is posting the second highest assist ratio behind Lamelo amongst these uh, these all star potential guards. The second highest defensive rating, and for context, with that defensive rating, he's guarding the best wings guards every single night. And he's not really known for his offense, but you know, based on how he's really chosen his shots and been efficient with it this year more than ever, I think he's tied with Trey Young for offensive rating. And this has him having the highest net rating amongst this group by a mile. And just his role as a defender, distributor, and an efficient scorer on the Eastern Conference's title defending Bucks. It's it's tough to it's tough to ignore it and it and it really it pushes me to want to put him in the reserve role but it, the the context there is also what you said is you know he's missed some time and the Bucks haven't been as prolific as they were in the past at least in the regular season um, so maybe maybe we'll table this we'll table this I, I'm not ready to be out on holiday but who do you got in who's we got our our starters and DeRozan Levine. You got Trey, and you sounds like you got Garland. Garland's your second backup guard. Garland is my second backup guard. I I, I think over Harden. Over I, I you know I, Harden Harden's on my out list. You know you he's know, on your out list. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We, we get to that later when we get to, when we get to the out list. I, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll explain a bit more, but I kind of I, I said well, I told you my feelings there about about James Harland and. What I've seen from Garland this year has just been immense growth. Obviously, it's not to the same level yeah. as Jamarant, and I'm not going to compare him to Jamarant, but he's had a huge, huge growth year this season, and he is the coordinator for this team. He is the guy. He's the quarterback. He's the guy that's facilitating this big jump year for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's averaging 20 points, eight assists. He's shooting a career high from the field, still shooting efficiently from three. Uh, he's good. He's good at the line, and what we've seen from him in the last, the last almost week, ten days, he was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and that just kind of tells you everything about Garland so far this year. After that disappointing game against the Warriors when Clay came back, obviously there was no way anyone wanted them to win that game, and they duly obliged. And Garland had probably his worst night yeah. uh, of the, of the season so far in that game. And he leads Cleveland on a good five-game win streak, which, of course, was ended by your Bulls. Uh, and during that time, he averaged 20.8 points, 12.6 assists. And it was just a... It was really great to see him bounce back like that and and show that any adversities he's going to have this year, he's going he's gonna to come back stronger from them. And those wins included wins against... Big wins against Utah and Brooklyn as well. So it wasn't just rollover teams. The Cavaliers are, are 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 becoming a force slowly, and I I think Garland's been at the heart of it, and I think he deserves a role in there as a reserve. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's this All Star game. Um, much to the chagrin of Joakim Noah, is in Cleveland. We got to get one of these uh, these Cleveland stars in there. I mean, I, I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for it, Ronan. Because listen, I think a lot of people overplayed the loss of Rubio. And I don't think they're paying enough attention to how good, not elite, I won't say good, Garland has become elite. At 19.7 points per game, 7.9 assists for the season. That puts him amongst guys like Harden, Trey Young, LaMelo, 
DeJounte Murray, who we will definitely discuss in a bit, and Jokic. I mean, for, for, for an elite scorer and passer, he's emerged not out of nowhere. He definitely grew a lot last season, but he's put it all together. You see in the way he plays, he controls the flow of the game. He knows when to take over. He knows how to get his guys involved. And that basketball IQ, that creativity that's been all over his scouting report in college, despite only a few games, I mean, that's really coming to fruition here in a big way. So, you know, I'll, I'll endorse it. I'll, I'll, I'll endorse it. I, I don't, I don't know where we're going to go with this, uh, with this reserve list, but I'll, I'll take it. Cause I definitely have him. Uh, I definitely have him on a reserve hopeful. Um, what about, what about LaMelo? Is he, is he there for you? He's he he's my he's my ne- my next my next to last in I got I got I got Lamelo next to last in yeah, okay I got Lamelo there I, I love what I've seen from Lamelo so far this year I mean he is averaging he's averaging just doing everything for for this uh, Charlotte team and this season it's really contributing to success this is the best this Charlotte Hornets team has looked in. God, I, I don't know how long. I, it's I'm not just, saying much, Ronan. They are, uh, they are stepping up. They're seventh in in the East with a twenty-five and twenty record, and they they're only a few games back on the likes of Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. So, if you told them they were going to be in that position coming up to the All Star game at the start of the season, I think uh, their fans would have been uh, very, very happy. And Lamelo's just been everything about that. The passing the pace that he plays with and his shooting has remained consistent as well, uh, especially from, from three. And and that was the big question mark about him. And he, he answered some of the questions last year and he's continued and he, and he even bettered himself uh, so far this year, which is, which is great to see. And it would be great for him to get his first all-star this season. He's definitely done enough to, to earn it. I would just have him. I, I I just have Trey. Trey and Garland would be just that just ahead of him for for me. Mm, okay, so I, I guess I guess when we talk, well, we'll we'll talk front court first because I I feel like maybe you might use a reserve spot there. But um, I got to say this about Lamelo. They're nine of eleven their last games. I mean, notably, this isn't against no one. They beat Philly. They beat Milwaukee twice in a row. They beat Denver, and Lamelo has the best assist ratio amongst all Eastern conference point guards and the second highest player efficiency rating and behind Harden, he's the best rebounding guard wing in the East hands down. Um, it's a tough, honestly tough decision between him and Garland. I, I think it came down to came down to team success for, for me to have Garland over LaMelo in, in the reserve role. Um, but who's, who's next on your list here? We're still going. What are we talking? This is our out list now. You're on your out. No, no, we're not going. We still have our. We got another in. Okay. We got one more in, and that's uh, another guy that you mentioned, another guard you mentioned. That that's that's Fred Van Fleet. He's uh, another guard that's had. He's he's had he's had another big year, and he'd be he he's my he's my last in. I've gone double double guard in my next to last and and last in, and Van Fleet has been. It's been impressive, and it's great to see from a guy like him the way he's built up his career in in Toronto. He was given the chance by Nick Nurse, and he's taken, he's grabbed that with two hands, and and kept this Toronto team relevant so far this year. Really, uh, he's averaging just under twenty two points, uh, five boards, seven assists, still shooting forty percent from three, and that's where that's what a guy who's 
shooting a lot off the dribble as well, which a is, lot. which makes a it lot. <laughs> way more impressive. He's still that tenacious defender, like he's undersized, and and a lot of people would think they could take him to the cleaners, but he really works hard on the defensive end, which is which is a big part of why they love him so much in Toronto and why he's had this big year. The guy has had 30 points or more on eight times, eight times this season and uh, 20 points or more, 13 occasions. The guy is putting up the points. He's keeping this Toronto team afloat. Now that now that other guys are getting going, the, the likes of Siakam and that are, are stepping up, which is which is big for them and big for the, the late season push for uh, for Toronto. But Van Fleet's definitely been uh, the core of why they are ahead of the likes of New York and Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of effort, it's there every single night. There's a reason why he's second in deflections in the NBA this year. He's leading the NBA in minutes. He's takes the second most threes, like you mentioned it there. He takes the second most right behind Steph. Nobody's going to take more threes than Steph. <laughs> and he's like point, point zero five away from Zach in efficiency at 41% from three. Like at that volume, that's nuts and difficulty you said like he's he's often shooting off screens and dude's tiny he's getting hands in his face every time and his playmaking too is, is super underrated as a as a combo guard really and at his size it's interesting for him to be a combo guard we see all these guys like your your lamellos out there who are who are bigger and make more sense as combo guys but he's uh assisting on 6.7 field goals per game and that's nothing to scoff at I mean, that's not as high as some of these other guys because he has the lowest turnover ratio amongst all these uh, all-star hopefuls and just his efficiency, everything. I think you've got to give it to him because if the Raptors were, I think, in a better position to start the year, Siakam was hurt. They're still trying to figure things out. They still have this gaping hole at the five. And I think it's about time he got credit for just how good he's been. He's been falling in this category of, you know, that guy wasn't supposed to be that good but is good. So maybe we just give him enough credit and that's fine. Like he doesn't have that pedigree that we feel forced to put him in there, but he's been too good to ignore for another season. And yeah, I think he deserves it. I, I think I'm right there with you. I, I want to put him in the all-star game. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make, we'll make it happen. Guys, guys, people, people need to listen to us saying fan voting for anyone who still wants to vote ends on Saturday. So you listen to what you see, what you what you've heard here. Get get Fred VanVleet in the Indie All Star game. Yes, sir. All right. So does that that does it for our for our guards? We got DeRozan, Levine, <laughs> and you you. I, I got Harden and Trey. You got Trey and Garland, and I I too was you know based on looking at the the front court. I wanted to put two guards in the reserve roles. There's just too many good guards this year in the East. I, I put Lamelo and VanVleet there yeah. as well. Um, really hard pressed for holiday from the, from the same, yeah. uh, same hymn sheet so far. Yeah, yeah, hard, hard pressed for holiday. I, I just can't put three bucks in there, I can't do it. That, that, I think that that's what it comes down to for me. You, to get three in there. That just may, might be a bit too much, uh, rewarding winning over talent. But let, let's move on to the front court. This is the easiest decision this year, I think, right. Yeah, I think we have the exact same. I'm going to go on the limb and say we 100% had the exact same picks for for the front court. Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> Obi Toppin. Don't do that to me. Don't do that. To me. <laughs> this is a, this is, is an episode where we're not going to talk. Where about where are the Julius Randle votes, people? Uh, New York, where are you at? 
he probably, uh, one thing I will say is he definitely has more than he should anyway. <laughs> All right, so no bing bongs here. Let, let's get down to business. Durant, Giannis, and B. This hands down. This is just the easiest. This is the easiest decision. You know, I you don't even gotta talk about it. Well, maybe we'll talk about it some other time. But they're they're freaking awesome. They're unbelievable. And B had fifty points in twenty seven minutes. Like, what? Giannis could win another MVP. Kevin Durant's gonna win another scoring title. Like these these guys are historical. And man. I, I can't I can't wait to see this All Star game. I hope people actually care and try because this I maybe it's this good every single year, but the the talent is just popping off the charts right now. Um, but the backups, this is where it gets interesting. I want to know who your first who's your first dead bang backup. He's the guy who deserves to be coming off the bench for these guys. This was a tough one to go. Who, who I have, I have the, I think I have the three, three front court guys there. Uh, one's a bit iffy. I'm not actually sure which if he's uh, front court or back court. But for in my mind, I always think one was front court. But my number one pick, I, I, I went for for Jared Allen because you know, okay. I, you know I love my calves, and I think this may be the only year he's he's even in contention, coming close to a. Uh, to be an all-star, as talented as, as I think that he is, I think this is the year where his role is really being magnified and he's mm-hmm. having such a big impact. He's, he's, he's a vocal point for this team and uh, they, he's, the, he's the main big of the three big lineup. He's leading the best rim defense in the NBA. He's averaging 16 and 11. That's, those, are, those are the sort of stats you love from, from, your, from, your, uh, from your five. He's got these right there with the steel on the block of game. And he's just, for a traditional big, obviously you can't really compare him to the, the likes of freaking Embiid and Jokic and, and those, those guys, they're just, uh, I don't know, extraterrestrial or whatever. But <laughs> for, for a traditional big, Jared Allen is right up there in the top three in, in the NBA this season. So I'll put it this way. Jared Allen is essentially the Rudy Gobert pick of the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. He's first amongst all Eastern Conference players in defensive win shares. And if you don't know what defensive win shares out there, anyone listening about uh, advanced stats, essentially it's a way to measure how many wins you add to your team through defense. And there's a the whole complicated way to look at it, but it shows it's obvious. You watch these games, Jared Allen with everything he does, he defends the post. He's playing in a zone. He's navigating screen. He's switching onto guards. He does everything on the defensive end and he does it at an elite level. And he's doing, he's leading all players averaging at least 16 points per game and 10 rebounds in field goals. And he's the most efficient He's arguably the most efficient two-way big in the league right now. And what's impressive about his development is that he's not just a rim runner anymore. He's a near 90th percentile post-up player. And for reference, he's matching LeBron for post-up efficiency with 1.15 points per possession. So you see him getting the post there. That's not nothing. I mean, he's, he's really added that to his game. He's as a passer too. I mean, he, he's much more relied upon as a guy in the post to run an offense. So him and Garland, this is the crazy thing for me is that I, I don't think I don't think this is a crazy pick. And I'm I'm right there with you. This is my my first guy. And it's not just, oh, the Cavs are good this year. It's 
how they're doing it too with them having three bigs on the floor. If you would have asked me if Jared Allen would be successful next to Evan Mobley and Lowry Markkinen, hell no. If you would have asked me if been an all-star, I would have bet everything I own against it. And to that, I say kudos to coaching, but also kudos to his versatility. This isn't, this isn't I think, a pick, a sexy pick, because everyone's going to look at the 16 points per game and 10 rebounds and be like, what? But, well, let me remind you too, like as a defender, do you, do you like Giannis? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's basically doing a lot of what Giannis, he's mirroring Giannis's block rate, scoring efficiently. I, I think when you really watch the game and you, the numbers don't lie when you look at both, he deserves to be in the spot because he's that anchor defensively and offensively for how good the Cavs have been all year. Yeah, 100%. So... Who's your, who's your who's your number two reserve in the front court? Okay, let let me. This this was a tough one for me. Okay, um, and I'll I'll tell you who I didn't pick to be annoying because I'm I I'm really bad at making these kind of decisions. This is this is why you know we've been delaying this because I've just been really killing myself over these these decisions, but you want it to be Tatum like Tatum should be this like lock all-star game kind of guy like he should be like I should be pulling up the all-star voting and boom Tatum easy there and I just I can't I can't do it and this year he's shooting this shockingly low 31.7 percent on threes but just a little bit more volume he's shooting a career low of 41.5 percent overall from the field 53.2 53.2 true shooting. It's is this an all-star performance? Just because he's shooting 25.2 points per game on poor efficiency. I wanted to put him there, Ronan, but I, you know, I can't. I cannot. I can't do it. So where do I go? And this is more it, it sucks because picking these felt a little bit more like process of elimination rather than actually like picking that guy, you know? Mm. Um Cause then I go elsewhere and, you know, for me, it's Chris Middleton. And the reason it's Chris Middleton is because it, does he have the, the sexy 25 points per game? No. The, does, does he have like the, the elite shooting that, that Zach Levine has shown like something like that? No, but it's the across the board production and the reliability for the bucks. And for me, it's about team success, and it's about him being that reliable playmaker, reliable and more reliable shooter than Tatum. I mean, at 20 points a game is nothing to scoff at. 5.5 rebounds, 5.3 assists, one steal, and shooting 38% from three, 44% from the field overall. But what it comes down to for me is the efficiency and the two-way play. As a defender, he's indispensable for that Buck system, and I, I think it sucks that I, I honestly just have to value team play and success and Middleton being a bigger component of that as opposed to Tatum. Cause if Tatum was doing, was doing 25 points per game on some crazy efficiency, then that would be so obvious to me. But like right now, the situation right now, and we're not voting off of what we think it'll be at the end of the season right now, like Tatum is not putting up those numbers at an efficient rate and his team is struggling whether it's because of it or through it, whatever, it's just not an all-star performance that I'm comfortable putting him in there. 
So for me, it's Middleton. That's uh, that's that's to- totally fair. I I, I was. Uh... I was I was a bit harsh on, on Middleton in my thinking, uh, similar to, to Drew Holiday. Uh, we've seen a slight drop in efficiency. He's missed 12 games already this season compared to f- missing a total of four last year, which is also disappointing. And those are kind of the things that I looked at when it came to whether or not Middleton should be an all-star this year. And was, was Chris Middleton an all-star last year? He was not. He missed it last year. Yeah. It's been a year. So I'm thinking... If he wasn't one last year, I don't see how he gets in this year. That that's kind of my thinking. He he was having a better year last year, and he he did he didn't get it. And this year, he he's still averaging pretty similar amounts. He's still that really effective guy, and he's still key to everything that this Milwaukee Bucks team is trying to do. But I think he is capable of 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 a bit better. I think he showed that. Last year, and and he just needs to get he needs to get back up to that level. And I don't think he he is deserving of of a, of a place in in the All Star team. I did go with Tatum. I've kind of f- fell for the stats a bit. I, I when you when you see which ones <laughs> when it comes to Tatum, like when you then you look at he's still averaging like twenty five eight and four, but then you look at the. The shooting, he's down 5% uh, shooting from the field. He's down 7% shooting from three. And I don't, I'm not, I'm finding it hard to kind of understand why he's having this big drop off. It's, I know it's a new coach, but he's still kind of playing that same role. And don't get me wrong, he's still the main man when it comes to this Boston team. When they need a shot made, when they're looking to someone to step up for them, it's still, it's still Jason Tatum. And that's kind of the reason why I, I still just just had him in this year. But when it when you're looking at efficiency and uh, contributing to team success, this guy is nothing nowhere close to an all star this year. I, yeah, I think, I think. Yeah, go go ahead. I I don't know. Yeah, it's my question then is like, what do we? when we start to look at these these comparisons and we start to think about it, it's not just about all-star voting it's not just about what we uh who we think deserves it i, I think it becomes a interesting question of what do we like value as fans like what do we value about the game of basketball what what's like really at stake here what's important and like do we value um god i don't want to call tatum like i'm a big tatum guy man i'm, I'm telling you like i love tatum but like in in terms of what he is this year, he's like he's he's a chucker. He's a chucker on a bad team. Like I, I'll I'll boil it down to that. He's a chucker on a bad team right now. Like I don't think this is him long term. I think this is like an aberration of just what's happened this season and how it's boiled over the past three seasons of mediocrity for the Celtics. And that's probably all a part of it. It's probably all a grand reason why this is happening. Everything happens for a reason, right? But I I can't. I can't in good faith like look at that performance and say, yeah, that's an that's an all-star year. Like 25, like if I'm just looking at the fact you put up 25 points per game, yeah. But like how many times have have, have players done that on mediocre teams for years? Like at this point, you're just voting for him because it's Tatum. And you feel like it's that cognitive dissonance of like Tatum should be that guy and he is putting up 25 points a game okay so he's an all-star and like I get that I get that but like in terms of a basketball perspective like you know what is what is he what is he doing positively 
I'll and put, I'm I'll, struggling. I'll, I'll put I'll put Tatum down as my first standard idiot fan fan pick then. Look, I, I don't, like when you're talking about Middleton too. Like I, I realized that too because like as I was looking at Middleton, I'm like, that's why I'm saying like none of these picks in terms of like the the front court. I'm like, yeah, that's a good pick. Like I don't feel like super great about anything. Like Allen, I feel it's funny that the fact that Jared Allen, like I, feels like my most like solid pick for the backup backcourt uh frontcourt position. Like it says a lot, I think, about the volatility of of the of a lot of these players this year. Um, and I'll, I'll say this one thing Tatum is leading the league in is uh field goals missed and uh I'll leave it <laughs> I'll leave it at that okay but all right. um all right and who, who, okay, who's, who's the final choice then who's the final choice who's your final <sighs> guy in the front court I'm pretty sure I cheated here and put down a name of a guy that I just wanted to make sure was uh was was on the reserve list but you got you go you cheated you cheated I, okay. I think I Let's, cheated yeah all right uh in typical next fashion <laughs> okay, th- this one is tough for me too. All, all these are tough, but I I'm breaking a rule, and I feel like a lot of analysts have broken this rule when they talk about their picks. But you know, all of these selections would be a lot easier if Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were healthy. Number one, how freaking awesome the Heat have been. Um, we'll talk about them soon, but also how good Butler has been. So let's be. 100% crystal clear he's only played 27 or 45 games this season for the heat and it feels like too much miss to vote him in but like he's having a career high in player efficiency and just his two-way impact you know we talk about drew holiday his all-around impact like it's, it's that on steroids he the heat are a sneaky contender this year with him and bam and Butler is fifth in league in box plus minus. He's fourth in defensive win shares. He's sixth in player efficiency. He's averaging 22 points, nearly six assists, nearly six rebounds. And he's tied for second or third, 1.9 steals. And talk about his three-point shooting all, all you will. If, you, if you're like, oh, well, Tatum shoots bad this year. What do I have? Like, well, there's a reason why butler is, has a 60 percent true shooting and 52 percent for the field because he is a beast in the mid-range and the paint and and it, I mean, he, the second best record in the NBA yes NBA. yes or in the East, um, say, sorry but then but here, here's my here's my counter for myself uh, this is this is where it gets difficult because the heat are there not necessarily because of butler because they 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 scraped together Omer Yurtsevin, Gabe Vincent, um, and Tyler Hero became an all-star caliber player all of a sudden. And they just went on an absolute tear without Bam and, and Butler. So do I give – this is my question to you. Do I give Butler credit for that? Like, do, does he get the good team credit if he wasn't there when the team was good? That That's my that's my big question is like because because can you give him that credit? I've given that credit because I actually picked uh, I I I picked Jimmy Butler there as, as well. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if they had him that had him down as a front court or back court. I, I was hoping it was front court, but you never you never really know what uh, what way they're gonna swing with uh, with some players. So yeah, I, I I got Jimmy in there. I know he's missed eighteen games, and that's the same reason that I used to to drop out Holiday and Middleton for the game, amount of games that they've missed, but. Jimmy Butler is still the leader of this Miami team. Anything good, any success that they have throughout this season, Jimmy's going to be at the at, at the head of that. He is he is their leader, and he is. Yeah, Spolstra has nothing to do with that, of course. No, of course not. No, 
<laughs> only players, you know that. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I'm kind of, uh, it's kind of hard for me to, to really justify putting Jimmy Butler in here, but I think he's had such a great year while he's been on the floor. And I think a guy like Jimmy Butler is deserving of, of the All-Star. This is kind of the name and the history of the fact that he's kind of the best player on his team is, is definitely helping him here. But I still think he is he's deserving of a reserve role in the All-Star game this year. Yeah, I, I think what it comes down to is the fact that, you know, I won't give him the credit for the wins that the Heat have gotten in his absence, obviously. But he's play, he played way too good in the time that he played for a team that's doing well for me to ignore that. And I think... It was it's it's funny because honestly this was this was Tatum this was Tatum's spot to lose it was Tatum's spot to lose and and I I think in my opinion he lost it but um to just gotta give it a Bam would have been there too it, it would have been for me it would have been Allen Bam Butler if they're healthy um and nothing changed because I mean look Bam just came back and and yeah, he, he just looks incredible all over again um he's missed more than half a game of the season so you can't you just cannot pick him there but. That 18.6 points, 3.2 assists, 10 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 52% from the field. Uh, his talk about Allen, Allen's defense, you talk about BAMs, it's it's on that same level. Th- those would have been the guys. Um, but uh, question who who's I, I did have one guy that was just just on the cusp, just on the cusp. There were a few guys. Siakam, Grant, Sabonis. I wouldn't say they were on the cusp, but I mean their, their team success just was a big demerit for them. And I think the consistency was an issue for, for Siakam beginning, beginning and, and Grant is, you know, taking a step back, of course, with the way the Pistons have changed their, their direction around Cade. Um, but who, did you have anyone that you really wanted to stick in there? Cause I have a guy that, that I almost talked myself into that had to just chill out. Uh, one guy I would say that I really wish I, I, I was able to name is is Miles Bridges. I, I love, yes, yes, yes. I, yes. Love, I love what I've seen from this year. That that game against New York, obviously we were garbage, My but God. his performance was still was still awesome. And to do that uh, in Madison Square Garden for him, that was really just a, a sign of how how much he's developed as, as a player. Uh, averaging twenty seven or t- sorry twenty points, seven boards. Uh, Think just under four assists as well. He's there with the got the steal, they got the block. He's doing every a bit of everything this year, and that's something that we have not seen from him so far in his young career. And I really wish I was there to name him. He's been really great, and he's having a huge year. But he's just he's just not an all star, unfortunately. That that's that was just what it came to for me. Yeah, yeah, and it's. It's tough because it's, you know, he's just right there and you want, you want to vote for him because from the perspective of where he was and where he is now, you know, we have a different feel for him, except, except for guys like Tatum and Middleton who have taken a step back. So like you're looking at them in a different light, but when you take it objectively, obviously he's not, he's not there yet, but let let me put it this way. You put his stats out there. um, And when you look across the league, for wings for anybody to score 20 points per game 3.6 assists 7.3 rebounds one block that puts him just into elite category 
alongside your your Durant, LeBron, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, Tatum, Cat, Harden. No one, no one's rebounding and scoring at that same at that same rate, except for guys like that. That that's not that's not nothing. And let, let's let's see this continue. But for for a guy who honestly projected out as a rebounding defending wing, he's doing all that, and he's happening. He's he's got to be. I've said this for a couple of years now. He's got to be one of the most exciting dunkers in the league um, at the wing position. But to be doing all that and then to add to his game, the way he can score off the bounce now, that, that's what's got him to 20 points per game. And he's doing that while shooting 32% from three. And last year, as kind of like a, a stationary spot-up shooter, he was shooting 40% on, on lower volume. So I mean, that, that's something that will come. Let's meet back next year. Let's see where Miles Bridges is at because all the things he's added to his game this year, and let's remember he declined that. Uh, I want to say it was a four-year, eighty million dollar deal. He declined a twenty mil per year deal. He really bet on himself. He he did a whole Jimmy Butler year, and man, it's paying off. It all literally when when you look at player development, you you can easily see how he can get his three-point shooting back on track, and that immediately vaults him into an all-star caliber player like it, if he has his three-point shooting on this year he's in that, that's kind of it, it sounds, sounds like a silly thing to miss but like that's really the one thing keeping him from his point production and his efficiency standpoint that he would be at that level yeah 100 100 and is there anyone that that you are really disappointed that you don't have on your list just a guy yeah. that, like, at the start of the season, you thought I'm definitely going to be thinking about this guy when it comes comes to All Star time. Um, this is a homer take, but Vooch, I, I thought I thought Vucevic would. I wasn't sure if he'd have an All Star year, but I thought he'd have a close to it because I thought you know if if the Bulls are going to be this good, it's going to be with Vooch being a playmaker, being like the only big on this team on a really small team. So that that unique role that he'd have as as a, as only screener, as the only you know pick and pop guy, pick and roll guy, like he would do everything. And and I thought he had really good potential to have like like an eighteen and twelve type of year on really good efficiency, especially given all the space he has. I mean, wide open shots are just everywhere for him there, and it's just not falling this year. So I I thought that Vooch would be on the cusp, and I thought you know I'd really be thinking, okay, if Bulls are there he's getting in because of team success and how efficient he was, but he's really disappointed this year. So that, that's, that's a guy I definitely wish was there. I obviously, I obviously wish Brown was there too. I I, I wish, and for, for your sake, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We got to talk about it, but Randall, I, I thought, I thought last year Randall's development into an all-star was real. Me too. I, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm off the boat on it completely, but that's just disappeared. And it's, it's not, it's not good, man. I, I don't, I don't know where you go f- from here as a player. Cause he's just, he was just so electric um, as a shooter last year and to lose that, you know, takes away so much of, of who he is um, as a, you know, a go-to all-star type player. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, well, well, I've talked to it before the, the amount of shot he forces at this stage. I don't know if that's, just him doing that but I have to think it's coming from the coaching point of view because he keeps on doing it and is expecting a different result but yeah I, when I when I looked at who I'm disappointed isn't in there I'm disappointed that 
I can't even make a, an argument for either Randall or Barrett. I, I was expecting Barrett to have have a have a. I was hope was, it was a hope as well to have a breakthrough year this year. He's done it sporadically. He's looked like he might do something, but overall, it's not been good enough. And Randall's dropped off majorly. The Knicks, as a whole, have dropped off majorly. So the two of the two of those guys, I'm disappointed. I can't make a, make an argument for at least one of them. Uh, being at least a reserve on, on the in the All Star game this year. Yeah, this is true, but I, I think that that rounds it out. I think we hit everyone we needed to for uh, our Eastern Conference here. Yeah. So what do we got? I think we we were we were all agreeing with our starters. We got Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, the 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 Bulls backcourt. Then we got the standard Giannis, Durant, Embiid. Then in terms of reserves, when it came to the backcourt, I went Trey and Garland. You went Harden and Trey. Front court, we got Allen. I got Allen Tatum Butler. You've gone Allen Middleton Butler. Yeah. And then the 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 next the next to the last in we 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 got uh, we both got Lamelo Ball and Fred VanVleet. So pretty similar. We're we're kind of we're pretty much on the same wavelength here, but. Let's hope that it goes to a similar way because these are all guys that have earned their place uh, to be in contention for the All Star, not like guys like Kyrie and, and Derek Rose. <laughs> we want we want these sort of guys that we've been talking about tonight uh, on at the All Star game rather than guys who are just doing it. I don't know, fans just doing it for for the fun of it. Yeah, and I'll I'll end all this on our talk for the Eastern Conference. How how awesome will it be? Um, the Bulls won't. I mean, they'll they'll definitely have Levine and DeRozan in there as it looks right now. Levine and DeRozan they haven't had two All Stars since the days of you know Luol Deng and Derrick Rose. You know, when when's the uh, the last time that you had a Cavs Cavalier in the All Star game? It was LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. If if you have Garland and Allen there, I mean, great turnaround for two Eastern Conference teams who have just been just miring in insignificance and got to give endless credit every episode. I'll, I'll do it. And I think the Cavs just, it's so impressive to be talking about them there. And um, LaMelo, if he, he'd be a first time all-star Garland would be a first time all-star Allen would be a first time all-star Van Vliet would be a first time all-star. A lot of first timers who have the chance to get in. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think we agreed on a lot of these because um, we're right. And we're always right. And we'll end on that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys, when we're back, uh, if you're listening to these back to back, which will be very soon, we're going to go over our Western Conference and we'll see you in just a little bit. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in today. As the season heats up, we'd love to connect over social media and carry out the conversation with you, fan. You can find us on Instagram at Coast Number Two Coast Zero Zero and Twitter at Coast NBA. Hit our DMs with any topics you want to discuss and join the conversation today. Now, back to the rest of the episode.